Welcome to Conflict Managed. I'm your usual host, Mary Brown, but not today. Today we are joined by Lisa Smart, a well-beloved national speaker and author. Lisa, who is a longtime friend, has graciously agreed to interview me about my new book, which comes out today, August 1st, 2023, How to Be Unprofessional at Work, Tips to Ensure Failure. How to Be Unprofessional at Work examines the question, what does it mean to be professional? Far from a run-of-the-mill manual, How to Be Unprofessional at Work, Tips to Ensure Failure, takes a unique approach to professionalism, offering a glimpse of what not to do in the workplace. Each of the 80 tips outlines a specific unprofessional action and contrasts it with the appropriate professional behavior. Unlike most workplace guides that simply list do's and don'ts, How to Be Unprofessional at Work highlights common workplace blunders in a lighthearted manner, offering readers an engaging way to learn from these mistakes. Join us as we discuss the book and a little bit about my journey to writing it. Good morning and welcome to Conflict Managed. My name is not Mary Brown. I am a dear friend. of I, I knew Mary Brown before she was the Mary Brown everyone knows <laughs> and loves. And it's thrilling for me to be hosting Conflict Managed today. Mary, I want to interview you about your exceptional new book, which Sometimes people interview somebody about a book and they say, well, I read parts of it or I, I looked over the sheet about it. No, I read every word. It was so, so good. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. But first, I'm going to ask you a Mary Brown question. If you listen to Conflict Managed, you know that every person, almost every person, the first question they get, no matter how famous they might be now, is what was your first job or what was <laughs> one of your best jobs or what was one of your worst jobs? Mary, I'm going to give you the floor and you can talk about either your first job or one of your better jobs. Take it away. Well, thank you so much. And Lisa <laughs> did not say who she is. This is Lisa oh, Smart. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know anything about interviewing people evidently. So I'm learning. That's right. So Lisa Smart was my first interview on Conflict Managed. Hmm. She's been my friend for ever so long, writing partner, even though we write different kinds of books. And um, she's the first reader on this book. Hmm. And when I told her the idea of this book, she was my cheerleader. Yes. So I'm so delighted to have Lisa Smart, who um, that's with two T's, (laughs) be here with me today to talk about this new book. So my first job I got at the end of my eighth grade year, summer of my eighth grade year, Mm -hmm. and all the way through high school, I worked at a yogurt shop. And I was hired, shall we say, under the table because I wasn't even making minimum wage. I was making like $2.50 an hour because I wanted to go to this church camp called Beach Camp and I needed to earn money for it. And um, my mom was the manager of this yogurt shop and the owner said that I could be hired. And then I 
when I became a freshman in high school, I think I made it to minimum wage. Was it because you were underage? They couldn't pay you minimum or they didn't have to pay you? Oh, they did Yeah, underage. <laughs> it's like, you're underage volunteer. She's a volunteer. We throw her a bucket now and then, but oh, yeah, fun. I think that was it. And so okay. I worked all the way through high school at this yogurt shop and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the yogurt because I love frozen yogurt. Oh, yeah. And all the toppings. We've just dated ourselves, too, <laughs> because back in the day, for all you young folks that are listening to Conflict Managed, back in the day, yogurt was like the coffee of now. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll meet you at the yogurt shop or all the different kinds of frozen yogurt. That was the trend. Yeah. And they went, it was out for. 20 years or so yeah. but now they're frozen, frozen yogurt shops around yeah, again, again which is wonderful yeah so I enjoyed that job had it all the way through high school and then I went off to college and really the only job I had in college was as a tutor hmm. and I was a philosophy tutor my parents told me that I could make more money focusing on my grades by keeping up my scholarships than anything that I could make hmm. and that turned out to be the case and I had a lot of fun yeah. in college so that was great and then I went to graduate school. And when I was in graduate school, uh, I was an assistant, but then I had a job at Hungry Howie's, which was a pizza place and they had flavored crust. And that's how I learned to drive a stick shift because they had these little geo metros and uh, they were stick shifts and they had ovens in the vehicles to keep the pizzas warm. And so it was in Kentucky. So it was completely fogged up. And I couldn't drive. Mary. And it was quite an event. There was an oven in the car. Yeah. Okay. Kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> don't don't try to start your own business that involves an oven in your dad's car because that's that was back in the day, back when people paid people less than minimum wage and people had ovens. I cannot believe that. It yeah. was a heated thing in yeah. the car. In the car, like the back seat was taken and you out. Delivered and... the Yeah. Wow, Mary. Yeah. You have a that that is an awesome story. That needs to be that needs to be in its own book. <laughs> the story of the yogurt and the pizza oven in the car. I mean Young people won't believe it. It's sort of like the outhouse stories. Today, we're going to, I'm so excited because I love this book. Love it. Love it. It's interesting. I want to talk about the title first. The title of the book is How to Be Unprofessional at Work. There's a lot of books about professionalism. I read leadership books a lot about how to be a better professional. Why did you choose to go at it from this angle? I think a lot of it has to do with the way I've always practiced philosophy. So I taught okay. philosophy for over 20 years. Right. And there's a way of trying to get at knowledge. So philosophers are interested in what exists and how do we know what exists and these really big ideas. And it's really hard to talk about what God is or mm -hmm. what it means to know or what exists and what doesn't exist. But it's easier to talk about what isn't the case. So you can say what God is not or what your shirt doesn't exist. And when we talk about what we think something isn't, it's called knowledge via the negative way. It gives us a, gets us closer to what is. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Now I understand what you're saying. If we tell people what is not professional, they would more understand what the route is 
to professionalism. I understand that. Yeah, it's sometimes it's very hard to get consensus about what something is, but it's easier to get consensus about what we don't mean. Right. Like, oh, we don't mean that, you know, right. being late. We can all agree we ought not be late. It's right. not as easy always to figure out what it means to be on time because people have different ideas about that. Okay. We can all agree we ought not dress unprofessionally. Yes, don't don't dress unpro- unprofessionally. But what is professional attire? That's a harder question to answer. Yeah. So I wanted to start with sort of really... Um, easy answers by saying, yeah, we can agree that this is unprofessional behavior. So then we can start asking the question, so what is professional behavior? What is the opposite of that? And what does it look like in this particular organization at this particular time? Mm, Gotcha. So out of all the great points that you make, what's your favorite one? Like if you wanted to tell the audience, man, this is the one thing, if you don't take anything else from the book. What's the one takeaway you love? I mean, there's so many good things in there, but. Well, there are 80 tips in the book. And I suppose the takeaway is not one particular tip, but it's a question about who do you want to be? Oh, okay. Who do I want to be at this job, at the next job, at the next job? How do I want to show up? How do I want to present myself? Mm. And so it's really meant in large part as a reflective practice so that I can look in the mirror and say, okay, what am I really doing? What am I really not doing? And what is my goal? What is my goal professionally? And are my behaviors really getting me there? Oh, okay. So if I'm 25 and you ask me that question, and I say, wow, Mary, I don't even know what my goals are. I want to be successful. I have a field of study. I want to be really successful, but I don't know. Maybe I come from a family. They didn't talk a lot about professionalism. So I, I don't know how to meet those goals. That's what the book is so good at explaining, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. It it helps us to imagine, because we all have limited experiences and a variety of experiences, but not when you're in a work environment, you are with people who are from all these different kinds of experiences and have different sorts of expectations. And so the book is not so much about, I know that I want to invent this, or I want to be the CEO of that company, but rather what kind of life do I want to have with whatever Mm -hmm. profession I find myself in? And people change professions all the time. I taught philosophy for over 20 years, and then I changed a few years ago into the space of workplace conflict resolution. But those professional skills are about who I am, not necessarily about where I am. Mm. And developing those skills, like such as dealing with conflict and not being petty and thinking about how I dress professionally and what it means for me to be on time and all of these different issues, not joining a work faction, Right. Not getting involved in the gossip of the one area. Yeah. I, I love that. Okay. Let me ask you this. The, the, the big trend right now, because I speak at conferences and everywhere I go, there's a speaker on the docket about generational differences. This is all, this is the yogurt of the 2023. <laughs> and so everywhere we go, people talk about the generational differences 
And sometimes some of the things I speak about that are like professionalism across the board, and then people say, well, you don't understand. You're thinking as an almost 60-year-old, would you say the things that you share in this book, those things are true across the board? These are the things that we do agree on? Or you say, oh, no, there might even be some discrepancies. Some people might have some pushback. I would think that by and large, we would agree that these are unprofessional behaviors. Right. But I don't expect everyone to agree with me. Right. And that's not the point of this book. The point mm -hmm. is to start a conversation first internally with you really thinking about your own behavior and whether you are just starting out or you are at the end of your career or someplace in the middle. We all can reflect on how we are measuring up with what the standards are, the good workplace practice standards are. Right. And to the generational point, that's real. Yeah. First, I think people are people. And in general, chaos can ensue if we don't have clear standards of practice and mm -hmm. clear and enforceable standards of civility. And yet we do have different expectations given our backgrounds. And some of the backgrounds are just what decade did you grow up in? Mm -hmm. What's your use of social media? What, what do you think about phone calls, mm -hmm. right? How you feel about that? That's a, incidentally, that's a huge controversy right now. They say young people say text me or email me, but I don't want to speak on the phone. I think there's times that we have to speak on the phone and we have to know when those times are versus an email. And that's hard. I, I, I love the fact that what your book does so beautifully, and that's why every business, every nonprofit, I think they need to buy a bunch of the books and then just go through them one by one. And you're not trying to say, okay, this is how it looks. This is what professionalism looks like at AT&T in Nashville. No, you're opening conversations so that then people can actually talk about it. A few of the ones that I loved, uh, I mean, there's so so many great, but like, for instance, how to be unprofessional tip 25, don't return emails. And you might say, well, why would we even have to tell people they have to return emails? Well, because all of us uh, sometimes get behind on things and we, and in great love, it, we need to say to people, oh, this is one of the things that we really want to do. We want to make sure that in this business, I say in my business, I don't know, every business is different. I say, if you don't hear from me within 24 hours, that means something happened. I didn't get it. But maybe some businesses, three days. But whatever it is, this, what this does, it opens the conversation in your business. Because if I'm a boss and I say, now look, around here, we expect emails to be returned in a timely manner. People don't know what that means. Some people might say, oh, wow, within two or three hours, I've got to get back to the client. Other people might think, oh, within a few days. And so this opens up a friendly conversation between business owners or people that are in charge of a nonprofit and the people who work there. And that's what I love about it. I don't think you're trying to explain to everybody that you have the Mary Brown method of professionalism, though I think that you do have a lot of things that are valuable but you're helping businesses open that up. Another thing that I loved was 17, where you say, assume you know your coworkers' opinions and ideas. In other words, having a preconceived idea. I'm sure Ralph is going to push back on this. No, let's ask. And I thought that opened up a great, um, 
I think though, I mean, you're not telling me what to say about this, but I will say, I think the best way that this book could be used would be that a lot of businesses and nonprofits on Friday morning or whatever, have a business meeting or a, a quick leadership meeting. And it would be great to say, hey, the first 10 minutes of our meeting, we're going to go over one of these. Tip 15, the way to be unprofessional is to dress improperly. Everyone would agree with that. The problem is we haven't explained to people that in this business, what does proper mean, you know, without being just crazy, you know, where you have to, you know, give every detail. But what does it mean? And depending, like you said, depending on your job, it might mean a bunch of different things, you know. So uh, I love it. I love it. What are other ways, like when you wrote the book, what what were you thinking? Like, what were you, how were you seeing it being used? A lot of what you said, I was really thinking about a manager, you know, wanting to have these conversations. How do I get into these conversations with people about expectations? Mm. And how do we have cohes- cohesiveness as a team? Uh, today, we talk a lot about belonging and in belonging in an organization it's first we have you know diversity of representation so we have a variety of people there which is good but now we want people to we want to actually benefit from people's experiences and their insights and if we actually ask people what they want or what they think is reasonable then we can have a kind of understanding so that we can decide as a team or an organization well what are we going to do here Right. So I like a lot of what you said about asking questions. So many times we just assume this, that, or the other because of our past experiences. Right. And I think that's where the generation gets in huge. I think that's where the generation plays in. When I tell people as an almost 60 year old, now be sure to dress professionally. Well, you know, I see that as being like dress pants only or a dress or a skirt. You know, it's just I, I see that as an almost 60 year old. Philip has found my husband is a college professor that when he explains to his students who are going on an interview, dress professionally, he has to be very detailed because they don't you know, th- it's not that I'm saying they're wrong when they hear that word, they hear a different thing. And so I, I tell you something I loved, Mary, and especially now. And see, the way it is, this book, I I can't even talk enough about how great it is, especially if you're not like you might say, well, I'm tired of reading leadership books. It's so short. I mean, it's like it's like little pages where it has the issue and then it has like one page of dialogue or uh, text. And it's so interesting. Once you get started, you'll just keep going. But one of my favorite ones is number 54. It's so poignant now in 2023. And that is the route to being unprofessional would be to spill company issues on your social media. I've seen this a lot. I've seen this where they say, my boss thinks I can come in Saturday morning at eight o'clock. Well, let me tell you, this is a huge issue that I would think we didn't have to say, but I think we do have to say it. So I thought that was really well-spoken. And and again, we're not saying that everybody has the same agreement, but I think it'd be great for your leadership team to discuss that. What can we post on social media? Do we even want to never mention our business on social media? I don't know. I mean. Right. And I think social media is a good one because we already have all these different ideas, especially about what claim does work have on us outside of work hours. Uh And how can 
a business tell me what to or what not to say on social media? I think mm. those are really good conversations. But also there's the conversation of, do I want to advance? Right. You know, what is right. my goal? Do I want people to see me as someone who's trustworthy? And if my boss or my boss's boss sees me talking about a problem I had with a coworker or something else, yeah, I might be free, you know, to in do this it. country to do it, but I'm not free from the consequences of that. And that's a part of what this book is trying to get us to consider the superficial payoff of the moment of I feel good because I, you know, I wanted to roll my eyes to that person because they deserved it. Or I wanted to lie because that got me out of this jam. Or I wanted to do whatever sort of behavior is very short-sighted. But professionalism is a way of being in the world. It's a way of thinking about who am I as I interact with myself and others? Can I be trusted? Am I Am I loyal? I'm a loyal person. Mm. And that doesn't mean loyal to the company and the company line, but who am I? How am I showing up? How can I be better tomorrow than I am today? Right? Mm-hmm. That's right. hopefully all of us are trying to get better tomorrow than we are today. Plus, Mary, I remember when you interviewed me about my best job and my mom was my best supervisor. And she every I, I told you every job she ever had within five years, she was moving up to a high position. And she would say one of the massive reasons for that wasn't IQ, wasn't all these things, but just that when other people wanted to start gossiping or talking about, I can't believe we have to come. She'd just walk on by. And I think that you, there's several times in the book that you with great love kind of encourage people, Hey, when this is happening, just walk on by for the sake, not only of the business, but of your own integrity. And I think that's huge. One of the other tips that I thought was so good, number 58, and this is true of leaders and of coworkers, humiliate others for their mistakes. That's very unprofessional. In other words, how do we come alongside? And I thought what you said was so great. Are there consequences? Sure. Humiliation? Never. Since we know that we, and this is quoting from Mary Brown's book, How to Be Unprofessional at Work, Tips to Ensure Failure. She says, consequences, sure. In other words, we're not saying that every time somebody makes a mistake, we just act like, oh, it didn't happen. Humiliation, never. Since we know we and our coworkers will make mistakes that negatively affect us, decide now how you will address the mistakes while also treating the mistake maker with dignity and basic human regard. And I think that is just tremendous because it does go to show that there are ways of speaking truth, but speaking it in love. And that's the difference between a professional and somebody who just follows their emotions all day long and they scream. And, you know, it always funny, Mary, it makes for a great movie, you know, like Devil Wears Prada, like, oh, because she's in charge. Well, because she's in charge, she can scream and act. it's a movie. And you know, some people would say, well, it's based on her real life, but nobody wants to be that kind of manager. We don't watch the movie and say, yeah, that's my goal because nobody wants that to be their life, the legacy that they leave in their business or their nonprofit. I'll tell you another one. Oh yeah. In fact, it's funny because tip 33, how to be unprofessional, you say yell that just raising of the voice. 
Tell me more about that. It really matters to people, not just what you say to them, but how you say it. Sure. And if I say to you, Lisa, could you please move versus Lisa, could you please move? You know, it's so much how we deliver. I mean, content does matter, but also how we deliver things. And typically if somebody's yelling and it's not a life or death issue, like there's a car coming, right? right? right. Uh, That means the other person's out of control. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody is yelling at work, or if you're yelling at work, it's a sign you're out of control. Mm-hmm. We need to remember we're at work, where everyone deserves to have a healthy work environment. And yelling is unprofessional. It also is not treating individuals with dignity and worth. It does not promote a healthy work environment. It does not encourage people to flourish and be their best selves right. when they're being yelled at. So why is somebody yelling? Because they're having a problem. And so part of this is recognizing how we want to behave, but also how we ought to be treated. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is yelling at you, something is wrong. They are acting inappropriately at work. There right. needs to be at every workplace, a civility clause. What is the acceptable behavior and what violates that behavior? And what are the consequences? Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're the boss, uh, the, the CEO, the line manager, or the person who just started working there. I love that. And incidentally, and, and this goes to show that a, a lot of these can really apply to families too, because I know in our family with my husband and our kids, we said, when we raise our voice and get loud, then we're going to ask forgiveness for that. Because it just, like you said, it, it causes you to lose control. It, you lose your power, you lose your influence. It's not professional. And it, again, it doesn't matter what we've seen at movies, because that's not the real world. And I agree with that. And I think my mom would agree with that. She always said as a teacher, that when you raise your voice, you lose your power. And I think it's because it makes you look immature and people don't respect you. And I think there's a lot of that. Okay. I got to go. There's also some lighthearted ones that I love. And one of them is number 28. And I do a whole shtick on my teach uh, when I do speaking about this. But unprofessional is to set the temperature for your comfort. This is a conversation every business and nonprofit needs to have. So all of your tips are not just like things where it's like big philosophical things. There's all kinds of really practical things. Here's one that I would have never thought is a thing, but I hear people talk about this. In work environments, number 27, listen to music loudly. I see this at the airport all the time. I'm fascinated. We're sitting in the terminal and the person next to me has their music, not on headphones, but just on. I'm shocked by that. And so this is what Mary says about it. If you want to know what Mary says about music loudly as being unprofessional, this is what she says. Again, these pages are so short. You can your your organization could talk about this in like five minutes or less. And this is what she says on that tip number 27. It's your office. It's your workspace. Why shouldn't you listen to what you want when you want and at the volume you want? When you're in a shared space, professionals are mindful of others. Professionals don't think the office, the warehouse, or the store is only a place for them to enjoy. Even if you don't care about being a professional, decide to treat people with civility at work. And then at the bottom is a little tip. It says gaining a reputation for listening to music too loudly will negatively impact your reputation as a professional. And I have 
real i mean there's just again this is what these are it's it's just such great practical tips and that what i just read that's how long the page is explaining that one so for every tip uh assume you know more than everyone else that's great so mary all together what would you say if i asked you what's the overall message or what are you trying to get organizations to do better get curious and ask questions mm dialogue. As you know, Lisa, I do workplace conflict resolution for a living. Yes. And part of the problem is that people don't communicate. A failure of communication to what the expectations are, or if I feel like there's a conflict, I don't communicate because I don't know how to move forward. The more we communicate on low stakes issues, the more we're going to be able to get in the habit of having open communication. Right now, the holy grail in um, business language mm. is psychological safety. Mm. And psychological safety is means that in an organization, you're able to voice an issue or a complaint without fear of reprisal right. so that you're not going to be negatively impacted. It doesn't mean that everything you say is golden. We're going to do whatever mm. you want, but you're able to, to give input and even dissent and feel like it's welcomed, listened to, and you're not going to be negatively impacted. How do we get people to engage, right? We talk about quiet quitting. People are disengaged. Mm -hmm. Start asking people questions. Get curious about them. And from an organizational point of view, if we want to have a healthy work environment, that's not an accident. It takes in intentionality. And so we need to intentionally engage with the people that we work with and ask questions to figure out what other people's assumptions are. I just ran a workshop for a local organization and it went really well, but as expected, um, there was a, a worker who'd been around for a while who I could see internally was rolling his eyes. Like, oh, why are we talking about this? We all know this. And that is a big barrier because we assume the other person knows what it means to be professional. But what we're really asking is that for everybody else to crawl inside our minds and know what it means, what we think professionalism is. Mm -hmm. What I see a lot with workplace conflict is somebody will say, I'm right, the other person's being unprofessional. And so when I do mediation, I'll talk to the other person. The other person says the opposite. They say, no, I'm right. The other person's unprofessional. Mm -hmm. And so we have this clash of what we think it means to be professional. So I like to think about this as preventative healthcare. Let's start having these conversations. Let's mm -hmm. start setting expectations and so that we can minimize this sort of clashing and then the, the blooming of un, unmanaged conflict. Conflict isn't the problem. Unmanaged conflict is the problem. And if we start having communications with one another and be curious, and co make collective decisions about what we want this place to look like, given the mission of the organization, given our own goals of how we want to develop as professionals, we tend to act according to our climate. And so if you're around people who are on it, who are invested, who are excited, who are competent, then that's that will tend to be how you behave. Mm -hmm. If you're around people who are backbiting and gossiping and not operating at a, a high level, that now becomes the bar in which you're expected to operate. And if you go above that, 
a lot of times people say, ooh, ooh look at you. Who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. We all know that the people around us have such great influence. Right. So we need to be intentional about curating the environments in which we're at. Okay, this is the part where in the interview, I go rogue. I'm taping Mary's mouth shut with masking tape even as we speak. No, I'm not because that would not be professional, <laughs> Mary. But this is the part where I'm going to go rogue and say, if you operate a business, a nonprofit, a hospital group, a medical group, any kind of city, county, state, business, any kind of organization, there's two things that I recommend you do. One is Mary does seminars about conflict resolution, because unless we're in heaven, there's conflict in every one of those businesses, no matter how marvelous it is. I've worked for organizations that I thought were wonderful, and still we could have used someone to come in and do a seminar on conflict resolution, how to be bold enough to speak rather than hide and gossip. I mean, all the things that Mary talks about. So if you operate any of those or you have influence in any of those, hire Mary to come and do one of those seminars. Now, if you can't do that or you don't want to do that, the next best thing or maybe even the second thing you would do after you hire her, go to Amazon. Think of how many people work in your organization and order that many books of how to be unprofessional at work tips to ensure failure. And then what I would suggest you do, and it's not going to take a lot of time. Maybe you think, oh, I don't want to hire Mary to come in and do that seminar because, I mean, we, we operate a business where we're working all the time and we don't have time to sit around and talk. Okay, then that's fine. It'll be a 10 minute thing that you could do once a week. And you could open this book and just start at the beginning. And you would say, for instance, one of these on tip number nine is, how to not be a, how to be an unprofessional is to gossip. And then it's just a quick page about why is gossip so destructive in an organization? You can talk about it for five minutes. You can go right back to work, but you have then given all of your employees or your volunteers or your workers a tool in their hand that they can use to, uh, to learn some of these things. And I'll speak especially from somebody who's almost 60. I think sometimes, especially regarding some of the generation, we say, I can't believe they didn't know that. And that's ridiculous. And they can't believe I used a phone that had a cord that I drug into my room either. You know, I mean, it, 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 all of that is ridiculous. It's wasted time. Instead, we could have a five minute conference every week and go through all of these in a short amount of time. Or if you had 10 minutes, you could go through two of them. And uh, like, for instance, you even have one, Mary, about steal your colleagues' food out of the refrigerator. And somebody might laugh and think, yeah, that's funny. But let's talk about it. Because those little things, things like that, be late to meetings, things like that can cause a lot of problems. So that's what my word of advice to all of you out there listening to this. Order a whole lot of copies of How to Be Professional at Work, Tips to Ensure Failure by Mary Brown. You can get them on Amazon. And then take a time once a week or maybe twice a week and sit down with your people and uh, be open to some dialogue about these great, great principles. 
Mary, even though you're a philosopher, you wrote a practical book that's easy. (laughs) I speak for all of you out there who are not philosophers, who didn't study philosophy in graduate school. It's a practical book that everyone can understand, and it's written in a very practical, easy way to understand. So no matter what your business is, every person who works for you will be able to understand every word that she writes. And so, and that's, that's a real joy right now because I've read books about leadership because I go around speaking and some of them are real heady. They have huge, long chapters. Uh, They're hard to understand. And this is super practical, super quick and very helpful. So Mary Brown, M-E-R-R-Y Brown, (laughs) and go out and buy it. Mary, it's been a joy to sit and talk to you as though we're professionals and not just friends. <laughs> well, another tip I have for you is get yourself a Lisa Smart. Oh. I mean, if you have a cheerleader like Lisa, <laughs> but I mean that seriously, we know that at work and in life, it's better with others. Yeah. We are made to be in community with one another. And what breaks my heart are all these awful work environments because it's so unnecessary. Right. I mean, it's so unnecessary, the emotional pain, the the physical ailments that people have that can end devastatingly for the individual and families, and then how the community misses out by having organizations that aren't functioning the way they ought to. And so I really do hope that whatever you do, you think about how to make your organization better tomorrow than it was today. And where do you want to go? How do you really want to treat people with dignity and respect. What does it actually look like? You treat people well in the concrete every day. Like Lisa said, like, like not stealing colleagues food or not being late, but we know all those little things add up. So how do we do the add up for the good? What are the positive things that we can do to make it the environment that we want to be in where we can flourish and having have policies for when people make mistakes or when people aren't following the rules because the organization is for everyone. Amen. Well (laughs) said, Mary Brown. It's almost like you know what you're talking about when it comes to professionalism at work. Well, listeners, thank you so much for indulging me. And thank you, Lisa, for coming and and being so sweet about my book. I hope that you are able to, to get a copy. And if you have any comments about the book or if there's any any questions you have, uh, please let me know. And being an, an entrepreneur, I would appreciate any help that you have in getting the word out about this book, How to Be Unprofessional at Work, Tips to Ensure Failure. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, thank you, Mary. Thank you, Lisa, for being on Conflict Managed and for interviewing me about my new book. If there's someone that you would like to see interviewed on Conflict Managed, drop us a line. Conflict Manage is produced by third-party workplace conflict restoration services. You can find us online at 3pconflictrestoration.com. Our music is courtesy of Dove Pilot. And remember, conflict is normal and to be expected. Let's deal with it. Until next time, take care.